Welcome to Brightline Living, the official podcast of Brightline Eating, where we focus on living a life free from food obsession and filled with peace and unstoppability. Each week, Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Brightline Eating, will cover topics ranging from food addiction to fascinating science and how to live a bright life. Now here's Susan with the audio version of this week's blog. Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. A few days ago, I was on the morning accountability call with my Bright Lifers. This is an 8.30 Eastern AM call that we have seven days a week, and uh, I do it sometimes, but not always. The Bright Line Eating coaching staff sort of rotates in who does it. And I was coaching this woman. She'd raised her hand, and I hadn't heard from her for years. I've coached her many, many times in the past, and it was such a delight to hear from her because I feel like the last time I coached her was maybe three or four years ago, and I was working with her a lot back then, and she had been really struggling with her with binging and weight gain and uh, just sort of the really painful merry-go-round that we can get in um, with food and weight and so forth. And when I talked with her just now, just recently, uh, she was in her bright body and maintaining her weight relatively effortlessly and like pretty easeful with that and not binging. And, and I thought, oh my gosh, what a win. And then this, uh, this woman, I'll call her Sarah. That's not a real name, but I'll just, I'll call her Sarah. Then Sarah shared that she was still profoundly confused, like disappointingly confused about what to eat, about her food. And I was thinking to myself, that's really weird because this many years in and especially, you know, having settled at maintenance and so forth, uh, that shouldn't be the case. Like that's highly unusual. And so I, I asked Sarah, what do you mean? Still confused about what to eat and, and struggling with the food. And she said, well, I just, I can't get my food plan right. Like I just, um, you know, I'm just not sure what to eat to make it, you know, delicious. And she, she sort of like ran through what she was trying to accomplish with her food and she hadn't found a solution for her food plan and how to eat. And she was still, I mean, I could hear it. It was a tangled ball of yarn in her mind. And so I jotted down the things she was saying and she was trying to find a way to eat that would result in no leftovers, delicious food, a lot of variety, optimal health, Bright lines, simple, easy to cook. And I started to see what the challenge was. And I let her talk and let her talk. And I finally said, Sarah, I think I have the answer for you. You ready to hear it? And she said, yeah. And I said, my dear, life is trade-offs. There is no way to eat that optimizes for no leftovers and simplicity of preparation on one hand and optimal variety and deliciousness 
on the other hand, and oh, by the way, she was also trying to optimize for very, very fast, like almost no preparation, like really fast meals. Um, you know, I, I was like, you can't optimize for all those things at the same time, right? So I said, life is trade-offs. It just is. Like across the board, life is trade-offs. And so you've been searching for a perfect solution in all of these categories. And that's why you're confused because it doesn't exist. And what you need to do is switch what you're searching for. And you need to switch for the good enough solution in each of those categories, the good enough solution. You can actually optimize for maybe one of those categories and, and then let everything else be good enough. And she took this big sigh of relief and she said, okay, I think I get it now. And then she said, oh, these, these frozen vegetables that are organic and they're pretty tasty and like, you know, they do result in some leftovers, but then I could keep those and eat them the next day. That's, that's good enough. And she said, I could put some spices on them and make them delicious enough. And she said, those work. I said, yes, they do. They work. That's not, that's not a, a poor solution. That's, that's a great solution. That's a great solution. It totally works. And she started to see the ease. And my guess is she walked away and realized that how she had been eating was perfectly fine, that she was good enough in all those categories already. So that, first of all, well done, Sarah. Well done. Um, and it's not a small feat to go from the the horrors of binging and struggling with you know, the food to like, you know, in a bright body and, and, uh, easeful living, you know, it's not a small thing. So well done and hooray for that little change in perspective that suddenly made the food seem, you know, totally fine. So maybe think about this continuum that I learned when I took positive psychology from an amazing professor named Tal Ben-Shahar who is an author of many, many books. And one of his books is called The Pursuit of Perfect. And he talks about having struggled with crippling perfectionism and having studied the antidote to perfectionism, the opposite of perfectionism, which he calls optimalism. So he talks about there being a continuum with perfectionism on one end and optimalism on the other end. And he says, no one's a perfect perf perfectionist or perfect optimalist. We're all living somewhere on the continuum. And it's just a lifelong, uh, a, a lifelong endeavor to sort of slide ourselves more and more and more toward the optimalist side. So what, what does that mean? Well, I think you have a sense of what perfectionism means, right? It's rigid and it's all or nothing thinking and it's no wiggle room and it, it's really an orientation toward two things, what you're striving for and how you expect to get there, right? What you're striving for is ideal in every dimension always. That's kind of what Sarah was going for with her food plan. Unfortunately, that uh, orientation toward life completely uh, ignores reality, <laughs> that there is no way to get everything uh, perfect in every way always. That doesn't exist in the same way that uh, we were just talking about the food. You can't have food that's perfectly simple, that has no leftovers, that's perfectly delicious, that's, that is a food plan that incorporates tons of variety um, and takes little to no time to prepare. Um, 
and is consistent enough to be automatic. Like there's no way to do all that at the same time. So you can't optimize for everything at the same time. So that that's something that is a downside of being a perfectionist is you're you're aiming for something that doesn't exist in the world. And the or the perfectionist orientation toward how to get there is a straight line. No fumbles, no foibles, no failures, a straight line. Now, that doesn't exist either. <laughs> Not with human beings on planet Earth. So the optimalist approach is a solution. You're aiming for a solution that optimizes in the real world in the best way that's possible in alignment with your goals and values, right? That takes into account the trade-offs that are required, right? So if you want to um, do bright line eating and you want to optimize for living in a bright body and having peace, then you're going to maybe discount the deliciousness factor a little bit, right? Because too much deliciousness, um, especially with processed foods and foods that have sugar in them and so forth, that's going to mess with your brain, right? So you downplay that one a little bit. You might optimize for ease of preparation. If you're super busy, you might optimize for cost. If budgeting is a factor, all those things, right? So you're, you're sort of thinking of yourself more on an equalizer board instead of slamming everything up to 10, you're thinking, okay, maybe we'll do seven here and three here and, you know, finding a solution that's in line with reality in the real world. And then in terms of how to get there, you're building in an approach to setbacks, foibles, and failures that uh, assumes they're going to happen and is focused on learning from them when they do right? Now, this is the real world. This is how it really goes. Traveling from point A to point B is never a straight line. And the deviations are magical and we learn something along the way, right? Now, it's interesting because before shooting this vlog, I googled perfectionist versus optimalist. And I recommend you Google it. It's a very interesting distinction, especially there's a lot of us here in Brightline Eating that have um, suffered, really suffered with perfectionism and the low self-esteem and the depression and anxiety um, and sometimes other mental health challenges that go along with being a perfectionist, including eating disorders, right? And eating disorders were brought up right away in one of the things I read about perfectionism versus optimalism. And it talked about uh, how a perfectionist will set themselves up in the food domain with an, uh, with unrealistic expectations as opposed to building in moderation and so forth. And I was thinking about how I would update the landscape around food to factor in the reality of addiction. Addiction plays in here in this continuum from perfectionism to optimalism because when addiction, true addiction is in play, one of the things that means is that small actions that would be small for a non-addict, right? Smoking one cigarette, eating one cookie, having one glass of red wine, right? Not a problem to a non-addict. But when true addiction is in play, what, what the person who's addicted gets is outsized consequences, like exponentially greater consequences downstream of that one behavior, than you would expect or would think would happen, right? And 
over time, when you have enough data on yourself, it's wise to build that in and to say, okay, it actually is true that when I uh, deviate in this kind of way, this whole <laughs> landscape of consequence slams down on my head. And in that world, it's actually worth it to go to great lengths and give yourself lots and lots of support and a lot of structure around an approach that seeks to minimize that damage, that harm, by uh, focusing on a bright line approach, an approach where you're really aiming to not do that at all. You're really aiming to not smoke any cigarettes because if you were a three-pack-a-day smoker and you had lung cancer already, you know, zero cigarettes is really the goal. And that actually could be the optimalist goal. Like, yes, we're looking to optimize for that. And we're willing to make sacrifices in other ways to to keep that particular equalizer button at the top, right? That's fair. That's actually a wise approach when addiction is in play. So um, people who look at bright line eating and think that it's akin to an eating disordered approach or... Um, that it's perfectionism incarnate, I think that really comes from um, lack of education about addiction and lack of experience, lack of personal experience. These are likely people who, you know, have a lot of success eating one cookie and stopping, for example, right? That works for them. And so how would they know that for some of us, we're we're truly, truly in this realm where the consequences are just not going to be worth it. So we get ourselves lots of support and orient toward keeping that one equalizer uh, knob at the top, zero sugar, zero flour, a bright line approach to our food. And we're willing to make sacrifices in other ways in order to optimize for that one thing. What you can't do and be an optimalist is try to optimize for everything always. That doesn't work. But you can, based on your values, your convictions, your beliefs, you can optimize for individual things in certain instances and really double down on that and say, no, no, no. I really do, for example, want to um, never sleep with anyone but my spouse ever. You know, um, I really, really do want to show up for my child when, when they're in distress always. Like, I really want to make that a priority. I really, really do want to not smoke any cigarettes, ever. I really, really do want to not eat sugar and flour, ever. And you can still be an optimalist and do that. You just need to understand the trade-offs that you might need to make to make that happen and to build in some orientation toward if you don't achieve that goal and you have a setback or a failure, how are you going to learn for it and where's the resume? How do you simply resume and how do you, how do you build in some amount of learning with self-compassion and, um, and an awareness that, you know, we, just because we have a goal doesn't mean we always reach it all the time. Now that said, Experience in the Bright Line Eating community and in 12-step food communities before us shows that it is possible to not eat sugar and flour ever for years and decades. That is absolutely possible. Um, will everyone achieve that all the time? Nope. Nope. So we're going to build in an orientation towards setbacks that allows for compassion and learning when we have a failure. And that's the optimalist approach. And again, no one is a perfect perfectionist or perfect optimist. We're just trying to slide more and more toward that side of the continuum. Why? 
<sighs> because that's what uh, is necessary for a life of flourishing, happiness, and well-being, living in a grounded place of the way the world works and reality. That's what reality is. Life is trade-offs. No, my dear, we're never going to have a food plan that has zero waste, zero leftovers, uh, ultimate taste, tons of variety, takes almost no time to prepare, <laughs> and is so simple as to be automatizable to the nth degree. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. But we could optimize for one of those factors. And if you're high on the susceptibility scale, I recommend optimizing for Brightline's Bright. Why? Just because, oh my gosh, there's so much less pain on that path. So from one striving optimalist to another, that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week. Welcome to Brightline Living the official podcast of Brightline Eating, where we focus on living a life free from food obsession and filled with peace and unstoppability. Each week, Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Brightline Eating, will cover topics ranging from food addiction to fascinating science and how to live a bright life. Now here's Susan with the audio version of this week's blog.